This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the MarketScale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Per usual, make sure you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for previous and upcoming episodes of the MarketScale Technology Podcast. We talk a mix of things in here, everything from the pro AV industry to obviously software and technology developments, but also IoT and everything in between. So make sure you're subscribing on there and go to marketscale.com slash industries for a breakdown of everything software and technology and a look at some videos, podcasts and articles from all of our different industries. On today's episode of the podcast, we're getting a better picture of Unified Communications as a Service, or UCAS for shorthand, and where it's at today. Building off of the growth of cloud IT, UCAS has brought enterprise communications to businesses without the need for extensive capital investment. So today we're talking what that means in practice for the different businesses that can see use out of UCAS and which industries in particular is Unified Communications as a Service supporting the most. To paint a better picture of where UCAS has been and where it's going, we're sitting down with Cameron Olson, Vice President of Business Development for UCAS at Tolaris. Cameron, great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Daniel, for for inviting me on. Absolutely. Uh, How have you been holding up during the pandemic? Things are crazy out there. (laughs) Uh, Doing great. You know, getting a little tired of sitting at my house and uh, working from home, used to being on the road and enjoying uh, the travel life a little bit, but uh, we're hanging in there. We're doing all right. Yeah, on my end, it's more like I I enjoy uh, waking up, you know, 30 to 45 minutes later than I normally would because the morning commute is no longer there. (laughs) But it is a little lonely staring at the wall all day. So, you know, there's there's the wins and there's the losses for sure. Absolutely. I love I love the fact that that my my commute, you know, if there's traffic, it's because I have to step over my dog as I as I walk (laughs) into my office. Right. Right. For me, it's making sure I can flip the coffee on in time to uh, to make it to the morning call. So, you know, (laughs) that's the mad dash. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. We'll get into UCAS and COVID-19 and how they affect each other, but we need to break down the journey of UCAS as a technology and uh, which kinds of industries are benefiting the most from it. So for context, some folks like to call you the UCAS guru, and that's mostly because you've spent the last 15 years buying, selling, and managing all things unified communications as a service. And before uh, your company was acquired, you were part of a team that transformed your business from a premise-based phone systems provider to a UCAS supplier. So I want to track that growth, why the technology evolved for your business, and how you've seen UCAS uh, evolve as a technology. So can you contextualize that transformation of your previous business by telling us how UCAS has grown over the last decade and why your company decided to transition your services to UCAS? What was the value you saw in it back then? Yeah, so my my introduction to telephony was uh, working for a small interconnect out of the state of Utah. I got brought in as a as a salesperson, and and we were selling premise based PBXs to to the businesses in the Salt Lake Valley. And and for the most part, the way the technology was structured, 
pretty much you sold in your local geographical region because you needed a, a pretty extensive support group to go in and make ads, moves and changes to the cards and to the phones. And, you know, when, when daylight savings came on or when uh, you the time changed, they would have to go out and change the times on the clock. So you needed to have somebody on, on site or, or local to make those changes. And we saw, we saw this changing of the industry as, as we moved from digital systems to IP systems, the ability to kind of place phones anywhere and connect sites to, to different locations and, and our footprint uh, began to grow. So, so we made a pretty extensive investment into a, uh, a unified communication solution and, and started selling that on the side you know, most of our customers were asking for a, a capital expenditure, buying a phone system. And every once in a while, you would get somebody that would uh, ask for a UCAS or a hosted solution. They wanted that OPEX. They didn't want to have to manage, maintain. They wanted the flexibility and, and some of the stuff of the, the voice over IP provided. At, at that point, traditional phone systems didn't provide in the smaller the smaller companies. So they were asking for this. And then we were shocked as an ownership group, how quickly that transition went from people uh, just always asking for prem-based equipment to, to strictly asking for, for UCAS or hosted equipment. And that transition happened really, really quickly. So 15 years later, uh, we're seeing the trends um, that the space is, is pretty uh, expansive. Lots of competitors out there, lots of people selling the solution. And, and we realized is that it, we had to adapt and change faster and faster and faster. So we realized that there was a next evolution in our business would be to, to kind of create the CPaaS or this all-inclusive um, hosted or UCAS solution where people could develop to it. And we didn't currently have that. So we looked at different options. Uh, and one of those was to, to merge or sell, sell off our assets and, and our customers to a company that that was set up to do that. Mm. Since you've been at Tolaris crafting UCAS strategy for the company, how have the solutions provided by Tolaris changed to match the growth of the technology? Uh, what's more challenging now? Uh, what is less challenging, right? What are some opportunities that have opened up because of the expansion and the improvement of UCAS technology? When UCAS kind of first came out, the, the competitive landscape was is everybody had a little bit different flair to the UCAS offering. Some people had a video component. Other people had this collaboration Slack-esque component. And they really differentiated themselves by going into a customer and saying, hey, what are your needs? We're a good fit because we do this. And what we're seeing with all the, the consolidation of businesses and the big organizations buying the little and, and and the merging and the acquisitions that we kind of have this defined look of what UCAS looks like. There's kind of five main com components to that. Uh, you have the video conferencing with, with what's going on today and COVID-19 and all that type of stuff. It's, it's an easy sell, right? People are asking for that. Um, the old traditional telephony stuff has to be in there too. Uh, the collaboration is a big part, having Slack and Glip and in these places where people can go and send instant messaging and group messages and getting rid of email is, is kind of the new technology. And then making it a single pane of glass instead of using Salesforce and then going over to Outlook. And then instead of, you know, going back and forth, 
the, the integration piece of bringing that all together in a single plane of glass to make it really easy for people to adopt is part of that. And then the last piece is the contact center, you know, making sure uh, the days of having this boiler room, everybody in the same room, cubicles, and that's the contact center. We're seeing more of this adoption of, of this experience where, uh, where companies are trying to just provide a better experience for their customers, the way that they call in. So they're enabling their receptionists and support groups and stuff with contact center feature and functionality to make sure that they can provide fast service, quick response, uh, knowledgeable workers. And, and so that's kind of the five key components. And we're seeing some, some stuff on the outside starting to trickle in on top of that. Hmm. Things like AI, um, artificial intelligence, uh, we have some service providers right now that will translate and put everything in text form. And then their AI engine will go and look at the conversation and, and start gathering data and, and know, hey, how many times does our customer mention certain competitors' uh, voice sentiments? Are they getting angry on the call? Do we need to jump in and help this contact center agent or uh, employee of the organization have a conversation? Or do we just gather information of what conversations we have to know how to move our business? So, so, so there's some additional things that are starting to trickle into this space um, that are outside of those five key components. But for the most part, you're starting to see the consolidation of all these UCAS providers kind of having this outline of these five key components. Yeah, we're going to have to do a follow-up episode on how uh, some of those buzzword technologies are impacting UCAS. And, you know, I'd call them buzzword technologies, not disparagingly, but, you know, because they, they're always hot topics, right? So how sure. how, how is AI, how is um, improved IoT connectivity, even, you know, small cell 5G that different you know, individual companies might invest in? How would that all affect UCAS? So I think we'll have to save that for a follow-up episode, but, you know, got to get the, the gears turning. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, as this cloud technology has been refined and interconnected digital infrastructures have become more accessible and brought to not just the largest companies that can afford the capital expenditures, but uh, smaller companies now as well, seeing benefits out of UCAS. How has this impacted, I guess, a positive feedback loop within the industry where you see the technology improving and then opening more doors for newer businesses of different sizes and industries to take advantage of it? And then those needs crafting new solutions and actually impacting what the next generation of the technology is. Could you break down that dynamic and you know point it specifically to some of the smaller or mid-sized companies that are benefiting from this? Yeah, absolutely. I remember when we first started selling voice over IP in the early 2000s, one of the things that you had to be very cautious of is looking at the, the customer's uh, connectivity, right? If they were running on a, on a 768 DSL connection... Uh, with high latency and, and high packet loss, um, you were kind of setting the customer up for a disaster. You would put them in and, and, and you'd get choppy and, and garbly phone calls and the customer would see, would, would go back to the mantra of, of what they used to experience in the old, the old days of, of VoIP in, in residential and say, see, that's, it's garbage. There was, right, we, we pushed a technology that wasn't quite ready for the infrastructure, the internet and the infrastructure that was created for it. And it got, it got a, kind of a bad name, right? You'd hear VoIP and people would say, oh, that's cheap service. It's garbage. It doesn't work. 
Um, and it took a while for, for the internet to come around, right? So now, now you see connectivity into, into businesses. You can get a coax connection with 100 meg download for 60, 70 bucks. Now customers with, with two or three phones or one phone or whatever can now enjoy a good sounding quality VoIP call and not have to worry about having the old MPLS or, or point-to-point connections that used to be required for voice over IP, right? The internet in there, it's bigger. It's got, it's got better bandwidth, less latency, less uh, packet loss that allows for some of this technology. So, so slowly as people are starting to adopt uh, this voice over IP technology, they're not hearing the bad name that used to come along with it. In fact, it's it's happening so much. We're seeing major trends in the industry, and the entire industry is trending that way. And people who are traditional phone system suppliers are beginning to really struggle. So you look at what's happened in the industry. Cisco, the leader in prem-based kind of technology, went out and bought the leader in UCAS technology in, in Broadsoft, right? They spent $1.9 billion back in February of 2018 to acquire Broadsoft because they see that this technology works now and it's being adopted by the masses. Mitel did the same thing with Shortel, acquired, acquired them for $530 million. And then, then companies like Avaya, who you know is one of the leaders in prem-based technology, is realizing that they're late to the game. They don't have the time to develop their own uh, UCAS solution hosted from the cloud that they decided to not even try. And they're white labeling Ring Central and using them as a solution. And then other historic providers like Samsung and Toshiba are saying, hey, we're getting out of this space altogether because hmm. we can't even compete. Wow. Well, I guess, you know, when, when you hear it from the big players like that, it's serious. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there is, there is a little bit on the other side of that to where companies that are like traditional video providers, you see Log Me In by Jive and Zoom and Microsoft Teams are kind of providing their own telephony features in a historical video uh, collaboration platform. You're seeing that this is, this is the way the industry is going. This is the trend. And for years and years, I've spent my life trying to tell the benefit statement and, and hoping and showing customers on why this technology makes sense. Now, with recent economic trends and the way things are going, we don't really have to sell it anymore as, as the solution. People are coming to us and that's what they're asking for versus the traditional stuff. You know, when you frame it that way, it really makes it sound like businesses have fully understood the benefits of UCAS, businesses in the space know when or when not to break into the industry, and then the end users, I mean, it sounds like they've seen the benefits of it. However, I think you know, because we're having this conversation, it kind of means that it's not completely standardized yet for businesses to rely on cloud-based communications. So why do you think businesses still need to be sold on the value of UCAS? Um, and you know, what are some of the educational measures that you've seen either from your colleagues in the industry, from orgs in the industry, or from Tolaris uh, itself to uh, continue to educate folks on the value of this service? Yeah. So so I think a few things that are holding companies back is, is number one, people have spent a lot of money on these equipment. And it could have been as little as eight to 10 years ago where they went out and bought a prem-based system because the the UCAS solution wasn't totally vetted yet. So big money invested in an infrastructure that's not like 
switching over and just just can't switch it on a dime. It takes some time. It takes some attention and, and resources to get it to get it moved out. So usually organizations in the enterprise spaces are the the last to adopt just because of the the money invested and, and the size and the scope of the work. Uh, but what we're seeing is that the the trend is is cost savings. Too often companies will will look at a UCAS solution and they'll go get a quote from somebody and say, all right, this is this is going to cost me $500 a month to do this UCAS. And then what they'll do is they'll go look at their uh, monthly phone bill and it will be $450. And they'll say, you know what? It's $500 for UCAS. I'm only paying $450 today. It's more money. I'm not, I'm not really interested. And what they fail to realize is it's not just the, the actual money they're spending on their telephony equipment, right? There's so much more to a UCAS solution with uh, providing video conferencing, uh, the flexibility of allowing people to work from home, uh, the feature functionality of uh, allowing people to communicate and collaborate uh, more readily and quicker than, than what they've done before. And when someone can go in and can show them the, the benefits of the, of the UCAS solution, and it's no longer about the extra 50 bucks, it's about thinking, hey, how can this transform my business? So we're starting to see organizations that have the flexibility of, of laying their organization out and utilizing resources wherever they're at versus wherever the phone system allows. So for example, uh, I've worked with a bank and uh, the bank had a big contact center uh, at their corporate office and then all their branch offices had phones. And then what happened is when they realized that Hey, for the most part, my teller is sitting there a big chunk of the day without anything to do. We can have that person jump into the queue and take up queued calls while they're just sitting there. So let's utilize the resources how we want versus what our technology uh, allows. We're going into an economy right now affected by by the coronavirus and COVID-19. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see a slowdown. There's going to be more conversations around how can this technology enable my business to do more and, and do more, uh, more cost effective, right? We're, we're seeing reports that work from home workers will save on average organizations about $11,000 a year. So just working from home will save $11,000 a year. On the opposite side, the employee will save anywhere from $2,500 to about $4,000 from commuting costs and all the other things. So big cost savings there. We're also seeing that most of the time, these organizations aren't even utilizing desk space and people don't sit in their desk all day and, and typically 40 to 50% of their time, they're, they're not even at their desk. So what we've, what we've seen is that this technology allows people to kind of mold and do and build their business how they want it to be versus what the technology forces them to do. And that must feel, you know, pretty liberating to have at least the option. Maybe remote work isn't right for everyone. You know, maybe they don't need UCAS for that kind of solution. But I I think it's just telling that uh, the technology has gotten to a point where businesses of practically any size can see the immediate cost-saving benefits in that digital infrastructure. From a just purely 
financial standpoint, what does it look like to implement UCAS at scale, especially for smaller companies where often... You know, investing in a service or investing in equipment, it all feels a little bigger, right? For the larger companies, it's a little easier to launch at scale just because, you know, economies of scale and naturally end up working that way. So, you know, what does it look like for a smaller or mid-sized company to launch UCAS for their entire org? Yeah, so there are economies of scale, but but typically the way that um, UCAS is purchased is on a on a user seat. Right? I see. Okay. Anywhere from from like fifteen dollars to twenty five to thirty dollars for kind of standard UCAS features, right? Um, you get into some of the context in our space and some of the add-ons, sometimes the cost will go up and they'll just pay a per uh, monthly cost for the user. So that's nice for organizations because in a time where, where expansion and contraction of organizations happen, right, you only pay for what you need. So instead of paying thousands of dollars up front for this big system and you have you know a downturn in, in force and now you're just stuck with all this equipment, the UCAS uh, OPEX model is one that they just they just turn off those users and save those costs, what so allows them to be flexible with them. On an implementation side, it can vary, right? Depending on the level of interaction they want from the service provider. A lot of the smaller businesses tend to go with a self-service install. So typically doesn't cost them any more uh, upfront and uh, they'll, they'll work with a remote hands engineer from the service provider and the business owner, somebody on staff, the IT guy will go around, plug in the phones. Phones are already provisioned. Give everybody their username and password. They'll log them into the portal. Uh, there's usually video trainings on, on how to use the system. And so the adoption rate's a little bit higher. And then usually some fun things that they, they get to show the employees that makes uh, working there a lot easier or better or whatever. And so the adoption rate's a little bit higher. So typically, there's not a lot of upfront cost into something like this. Um, in scenarios where you know maybe there's some integrations that they have to build out, right? They they need to get a developer on hand to to develop to their in-house you know application. Maybe they want some Salesforce stuff. Maybe they have a big contact center and they want it to do certain things. Sometimes there's some some cost involved there. But uh, compared to, to what it was like when, when people were buying prem-based systems and the upfront cost for that, it's very, very minimal. And it makes it very easy for business owners, especially in that SMB space, to just say, yeah, this is right for me. Let's pull the trigger and let's get going. On that note, UCAS is you know, at least advertised to be, but I think based on responses from companies that see a lot of benefit out of UCAS, it have really uh, proven that UCAS can be more useful than just the service that, you know, you mentioned it in kind of some of the ripple effects of, okay, well, if you can utilize UCAS for remote work, imagine how that can cut down on, you know, expenditures for renting an office space or for workers on their commute. I, I think it can really show that UCAS can be part of a broader business model strategy that can save businesses money as well. So can you give us some context on that domino effect? Is that claim true in, in your opinion? What's the case for UCAS being a money saver? What are your thoughts on that dynamic? Yeah, so I, I think there's I think there's two ways to look at it. There's hard cost savings and then there's soft cost savings, right? Sure, sure. A perfect example of a hard cost um, is, is we had a customer up in the Detroit area. They had a large uh, corporate office with about 100 people. 
And then they had six or seven branch offices with four or five people in each one of them. So that the way that they were set up is they had a premise-based phone system at each site. They had dial tone going into each site. And then they had an expensive MPLS network. So they had fiber to the main with T1s to each one of the branch offices. So we came in and we said, okay, let's look at a hosted solution. But in order to do that, let's also look at replacing this MPLS and, and connectivity. So what we did is we replaced um, their corporate office. We put a, uh, a fiber main with a coax backup. And then we put a coax main with a 4G wireless backup, put them all together with an SD-WAN solution, put on our hosted or UCAS solution on top of that. And their bill was less than what they were paying for before that. They had a brand new phone system, higher pass-through at all of their sites with a redundant backup. So there are scenarios where there are some cost savings uh, on the hard costs. Where most people don't think about it as a solution is on the soft costs. So, so travel costs, working from home, the ability to collaborate, interaction with employees, something as simple as... Right. I, I'm down the hall from Joe, my coworker, and I need to talk to Joe. And I get up and I walk into my into his office and I see that he's on the phone or he, he's talking, he's in a meeting. And so I go back and a half hour later, I walk in and I see, well, he's still in a meeting and I go back and I make that trip three or four times. You know, simple things like presence on a desktop application where I can look at Joe, I can see he's in a meeting and I can send him a quick uh, instant message that says, Hey, Joe, I need to talk to you when you have two minutes about X, Y, and Z. Will you let me know when you're free? Can save companies with hundreds and thousands of people, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, not, not to mention just the amount of information that can be shared quickly to keep the company moving, right? Technology is changing so fast. Organizations are having to adopt and, and change so quickly that the, the spread of information is super, super important. When you're uh, speaking to business leaders about the potential domino effects of taking on unified communications as a service, are they often intrigued by the, uh, the decrease in capital expenditures and now focusing more on operational expenditures? Uh, often, how does that fit into uh, the budget for any business, regardless of size? Yeah, so for the most part, financially, it hits the balance statement differently, right? So, so a lot of CFOs are are liking that it it, it makes their their books and their their financial statements look look differently. So most of them welcome an opex cost versus a capex cost, and, and especially in times with economic changes, people are trying to reserve cash for unknown situations, right? So if they don't have to put out any money to acquire a technology that they can pay for on a month on a monthly basis, then then that typically is pretty well uh, well accepted. And then also, you know, organizations are starting to look at the break even points and cost per head on employees and just and know that say, hey, we can't hire right now until we we generate some additional revenue because we know that our cost per employee is this and mitigating those huge spikes in equipment costs and OPEX costs is very valuable to most most organizations. Why do they prefer uh, OPEX costs versus CAPEX costs? Is there a, a, a financial reason there? 
Yeah. So it just, it goes, it goes back to the balance statement It can make them look more profitable. Uh, and then also just, just the ability to predict the future, pretend you're a business, you're five employees, six employees, you're running a, a, an insurance organization, you're making 10% profit a year, you're a million dollar business, maybe you're a little bit more. And in the middle of the year, your phone system blows up. That could be a $10,000 equipment cost that you weren't expecting. So keeping um, um, things like this, I, I, I almost say that uh, UCAS should be sold almost like an insurance policy. You can't go without it, right? There's too many reasons that it benefits your organization that go and goes without it. And sometimes financially, it, most of the times it makes sense, but sometimes it just helps to have it in, in some sort of catastrophes, right? You look at, you look at COVID-19 and, and everybody having to go home. Uh, the poor organizations that, that are stuck to prem-based systems are struggling trying to communicate, collaborate, and have conversations with, with their customers and their people. Financially, it makes, it makes sense for them to have a, a, a $20 cost per user and work from home versus the thousands or millions of dollars lost in potential revenue from not being able to talk with, with employees and, and customers. All right. I want to wrap up our conversation today, Cameron, by dating this a bit and looking at our current situation. We mentioned it at the very beginning. Uh, COVID-19 is affecting uh, you know, businesses worldwide, to put it lightly. Many are facing f- financial struggles, whether that uh, is amounting to furloughing employees or just closing their business entirely. And the ones that are staying afloat, like we mentioned, uh, are adjusting to a new work environment. If they are essential employees, that's a whole other conversation. But for folks that are uh, transitioning to a work from home lifestyle, there have been you know plenty of plenty of factors that workers and their employers have had to adapt to. One of the biggest ones being how do we uh, support the comms needs of our company. So has today's situation made the case for UCAS at scale, in your opinion? And if so, why? Yeah, absolutely. Right. We we had to go we had to go push this this technology and now people are rushing to us asking us for this and and we're seeing our, our partners and and people and our suppliers go in and put in solutions to take you know slow roll used to take a couple of weeks up to a month and they're they're throwing them in overnight to try to to put band-aids on solutions so i think what we'll see is a couple of different things number one people are trying they're going to have to adapt to the new world for so long we've been basing employee status and their ability to do their job by by time clock punches right hey i i clocked in at eight i left it at five i'm being a good employee when you're at home, it's not so easy to do that. You don't see people. So people are saying, hey, how do, how do you manage people from home? Well, how did you manage them before? Well, we managed them with butts in the seats. Okay, we're no longer babysitters. We're having to put technology processes and procedures in place to, to check out the, the productivity of employees. It's going to take a while. People are going to bump their heads. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle. You're, you're going to work that out. Um, this is going to go on long enough that we're going to work through some of those pain points. So we're going to come out of this a much better society rating and, and, and judging the work of employees based off productivity versus just time stamps. So, so I like that the opposite side of this, this is going to give our society a, a much bigger freedom to work from home and learning to work from home. The, the, the other thing is, is we're going to need the technology to allow them to do that. 
I have the technology. I've sold this long enough. I have the technology at my desk. My team that I work on, a bunch of business development people over, over different technologies, we work as good today, if not better than when I used to work in an office, right? We, we can collaborate. We can get on video. If I want to talk to Brandon, I look, he's available. I click a button, he joins, and we're immedi- immediately on a video conference um, and it feels like we're sitting next to each other. I know these guys on a very intimate basis, and I haven't even really spent much physical time with them. So although we are talking about this social distancing uh, in this time of, of, of struggle, it's not really the social distancing we want. We're trying to bring us socially closer together, but physically distancing ourselves apart. And the UCAS and that technology that's incorporated in the UK world allows us uh, to do just that. And then bouncing off of that, do you see the COVID-19 pandemic shaping the future of UCAS, whether that is which businesses end up taking it on, which I think is a clearer picture, but maybe less clear is how will the technology itself adapt uh, and how might companies and the solutions they provide adapt because of the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. So we're seeing we're seeing some of our suppliers, right? The, the very fabric of our society right now is resting on uh, these technologies, right? I'm seeing I'm seeing video calls of people's bar mitzvahs. People are doing dance classes, right? We're having social gatherings and, and trivia and, and workouts and everything on video conferencing. And it's stressing the fabric of these uh, these suppliers, and they're adapting, right? They're growing out. They're building in AWS. They're building in these cloud-based services that that allows them to grow and function. And and they will change because of this. We see the same thing in every major crisis, right? After nine eleven, uh, before nine eleven, people would say, you know, why would I put my servers in in somebody else's data center? Uh, in the middle of the World Trade Center, that's the safest place they could be. And after that, right, people are starting to think about cloud technology and hey, how do we how do we make stuff safe and secure? And we came out of that a much better society from a, a cloud infrastructure technology. This is going to do the same thing, right? This is going to not only shape the technology, people are going to start asking for features and asking for functionality that's going to that they need to run their businesses, right? They're going to push that back to the suppliers. They're going to they're going to push demand for for uh, development and changes that that allows them to drive their businesses. Different experiences in the context in our world, different experiences from collaboration. That's going to force these suppliers to to change their technologies, add to it that allows everybody to to do a much better work from home experience. And then on the other side of that, people will get to choose because. Businesses will say, I have the tools I need. So employees can choose and, and employers can choose. Once again, that freedom of technology, being able to grow how they want versus what technology forces them to do. Cameron Olson, Vice President of Business Development for UCAS at Tolaris. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I appreciate all your insights and in breaking down the current state of UCAS as a technology which I guess if I broke that down, it'd be unified communications as a service, as a technology, which (laughs) starts to be a mouthful (laughs) there, right? But Cameron, thanks again. Uh, If folks want to find out a little bit more about Tolaris, some of the services that you offer, or just learn more about UCAS in general, where can they go? 
Yeah, Tolaris.com. Go there. You can see our contact information. Reach out. You'll find us in the Contact Us page. Uh, have, happy to have conversations on how we can help you um, do whatever you need around UCAS and all other technologies for that matter. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. And we'll be sure to be uh, chatting again soon and bringing Tolaris back on the podcast. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Market Scale Technology Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're going to marketscale.com slash industries. There you'll find all of our software and technology content, uh, as well as other videos, articles, and podcast content from a variety of different industries. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're subscribing on those platforms and leaving a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.